Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along show. Hello and welcome to episode 109. Tonight's show is brought to you by Never Bottom Out. <laughs> it's a callback to a special call we had last night that wasn't recorded. Uh, we're going to kick things off first with, I don't know, um, you patrons? Read patrons? Patrons, I guess. Yeah, um, it's going to be the second tab that I have. Start there. All right. Or actually, no, start on the other one, sorry. Nope. I bamboozled you. Nope, there start you there. All right, at $10 a month, we've got Zach, Will, Tri-Cities Pet, I don't know what that word Cthulhu. is. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. I don't know if that's right either, but. Uh, Tom, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, Taper Bore Pro, SCG Shoe Company, Sam Pecklin Racing, Sam Cran, I don't know. I don't know if that's their last name. I'm just going to stop. Um, then we have Ryan, <laughs> Roosters or Cox, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dal, MTP Shenanigans, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jara Dix, Jake, sorry I forgot to change it back, D, J.R.R. Tolkien, I love you guys, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, Frank, F That Guy, Mark, Ezra, Evan, Eric, Dan, Captain Fickle, Cam, Billy, Single Speed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron. We've got Esker Cycles at 1169. <laughs> the 69's good. I just got it. Uh, we've got Lead Out Sports and Josh giving us 14 kangaroo ears apiece. Dean throwing down 16 and a half kangaroo ears. And again, remember, y'all lost the Emu Wars. Um, Scott. Why do you have to keep bringing that up? Because the, I want to reference this until someone that doesn't know what the Emu's, Emu Wars is looks that shit up on Wikipedia and realizes that dudes just took automatic weapons and got defeated by a bunch of fucking monster chickens. Okay. So, uh, then at Carry 20, on. $20 a month, we've got Scott, Poop Wrench, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, Brad at 32, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. With that out of the way, I'll tell you what I've been doing, which is not much. I rode the trainer twice this week. We went for a hike. Oh, I went for a hike, which absolutely destroyed me. Um, rode the trainer some and found out that shooting my bow makes my ribs hurt ex- way more than I anticipated. So I shot my bow twice this week, and I won't be doing that anytime in the foreseeable future. Because while my hip is getting better and my ankle is getting better, now that those don't hurt, my ribs are they're, they're barking at me. It's funny, as some pain goes away, other pain becomes more noticeable. And that's my week. So, who's going next? Let's get Kenny. All right, let's see. From last we recorded, what have I been doing? Uh, I think just moto. That's it. Went on a motor ride. It was really nice out. Super good conditions. Everybody else was scared. So, it was just me. Yeah, it's really neat. Were they scared, like, potential weather? Or just scared, like, their bitches? No, yeah, scared about going out and, like, having fun. (laughs) It's funny how people get allergic to fun. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, it was great. The motorcycle is awesome. The suspension is awesome. What did I do? I did a lower service on the Bomber 58. So first time I've done one of those on a 40 stanchion fork, I think. But pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Rebuilt the headset. It was disgusting. And I think that's pretty much it. It just kind of runs. It's great. Cool. Yep. That's it. Andrea? Uh, Let's see. I have been pretty fucking busy trying to get ready for elk season to start on Saturday. I went to Josephine Exotics Bachelorette 
Staglerette party, and that was a lot of fun. I just went, it was two nights, it was Friday and Saturday night, and I went Friday night. Got all peopled out in 24 hours and came home? I got all peopled out in less than 24 hours, (laughs) honestly, because I got there, I don't know, like 4.30 or something, and, you know, just met a bunch of new people. There were probably, I don't know, close to 20 people there. Jesus Christ, that's like your quota for the next two years. It is. Uh, yeah, met a bunch of people. Everyone was really nice. And, you know, there wasn't anyone that I was like, man, I hope that person goes to the other side of the house sometime soon. Uh, no, everyone was cool. The next day, uh, some people went for a big bike ride. And some people, well, me and one other person went for a, a big hike. And I didn't, I chose not to go on the bike ride because I wasn't sure um, how my sciatic stuff would do. So, um, you know, I, I just figured I'd hike. And also if you're, the more people you have on a group ride, the more likely you are to have a mechanical or I don't know, just lots of stops and goes and I don't know. I'm just, it's just not, I don't like huge group rides. I just don't really enjoy them. So I really just, I wanted to opt for the hike and only one other person wanted to do the hike. And that was all right because it was nice. We hiked up the trail that the people on mountain bikes descended, and it was gorgeous. Uh, we saw some pikas, and that's really about it. It sounded like they had a good ride, though. Like, there, there was one guy that wrecked, but he wasn't real hurt. He was just a little cut up. It wasn't a mat quality wreck? No, it wasn't a mat quality wreck. I think he rolled around on the ground a little bit, but then just got up and dusted himself off because, you know, like his helmet was intact and stuff. And his flesh wasn't showing through his. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, we went and had uh, went to a local brewery after that. Had some lunch, had a beer, and went back to the, like the lodge place. And we were talking about kind of evening plans of hot tubs and beers and parties. And I was like, you know, I have enjoyed myself, but I'm very tired, and my social battery is empty. It's a very small battery to start with. Hold on, Matt's taking his pants off. <laughs> that wasn't necessary. <laughs> I thought it was necessary. What, taking your pants off wasn't necessary? It's 75 degrees in here. <laughs> I'm hot. All right. My balls got hot, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I left the party early. Um, it was good. I mean, I, I warned Josephine Exotic ahead of time that that's probably, and that's what happened like even the night before. It got to be like nine o'clock and we'd just eaten and everyone's kind of still like, I don't know, pretty awake sounding. And I'm like, hey, I'm uh, I'm going to go to bed now. And I went and got in my truck because I I just have to do social stuff in very limited doses. So it was all right. But other than that, I have been working, trying to get my, my people that I work for set for me to not be there for a hot minute. And... That's that's really it. I've just been working and kind of running around trying to prep stuff, get ready, take care of my garden, take care of the chickens. Uh, mama chicken and baby chicken are doing fine. They have graduated from their big nest box kind of tub thing out into, they have full run of the, I don't know, animal shed. It used to be the guest house, but then squirrels moved in and we gutted it and uh, patron Tom was going to come and tear it down and make it into a goat shed, but he hasn't done that yet. So right now it's the chicken shed. So mama and baby are just hanging out in there by themselves. But that's it. I'm going to probably not be
be around next week unless we record on Tuesday because I will be, I got to come to town for a couple of appointments on Tuesday. All right. Does that mean we go right into questions? Let's do questions next. All right. We're speed running this show, folks. Okay. Uh, We have from Patreon messages from Tom P. He says, my reaction to to today's show of must share local things. Chief Uray was a wise Ute leader. Remember last week I talked about climbing the mountains, Uray and Chapita. Chief Uray was a wise Ute leader who was in his prime when white people started infiltrating his mountain home country. He was old for an indigenous man when the Indian Wars came to Colorado. He met with American leaders as a peacemaker and impressed them with his intelligence and insight. Chapita was one of his wives and she was she also was apparently remarkable in terms of intelligence and beauty. Polone, the next summit to the north, was one of Ure's sons, but not with Chapita. Thank you, Tom, for that little Tom fact. So you're saying Chapita was dummy thick. <laughs> I don't think that was anywhere in what Tom just said. Beauty? I'm being I'm being a okay, move on. All right. Oh my god. Yeah, this is a long one. I'm going to I'm going to go grab a snack while you read. Hello Jerry Crew. I'm looking for a new trail all mountain bike currently on a salsa spearfish 12100, which is just not up to the way I'm riding these days. I ride in the Minneapolis and Duluth area and like to pedal all day while having fun jumping and jibbing off of everything I can find. I've demoed a few bikes so far and want some input on what other bikes I need to get on before I settle on my next bike. I like bikes that have lots of pop and feel, energetic more than planted. The super long reach numbers on some modern bikes don't seem to jive with my style and terrain. False. Um, I'm looking for as much plusness as I can get without giving up the ability to sprint and pedal well. Alright, like, this is this is getting hard. You want plush, but short reach and sprinty. Alright. Um, my favorite bikes so far both seem to defy logic by being excellent pedaling, super plush and poppy, are Pivot Switch Blade... 160 142 travel great balance of pop plush and pedaling for me modest geo is good for the midwest um the esker row 150 140 felt similar to the switchblade poppy and energetic pedals great sprinting still plush in the chunk great but not my favorite oh wait i scrolled too far uh ripmo 160 147 Felt awesome everywhere, but the switchblade and the row pedal better, especially while sprinting. The Ripley, love the pop and pedaling. Just want a bit more travel for pushing my limits. Bikes that weren't right for me. Yeti SB140 Lunch Ride. Too long in reach. Hard to manage. Um, Da-da-da. Like, transition smuggler. Too long in reach. Handling felt sluggish. Bike had little pop or energy. Maybe the suspension was not working right. I know, I mean, a smuggler is supposed to be a big smash bike. Um, stumpy and or stumpy bikes to try stumpy stumpy evo will these pedal as well or be poppy um, high tower not sure if this will pedal well tall boy maybe too little travel what bikes am i missing that i should check out you gotta try the the spot mayhem 130 and 150 that bike wants to be in the air like and it pedals really well maybe not you know like i'd say even though i've ridden a yeti i think exactly once maybe twice um i think the like a lunch ride edition Yeti probably descends a little bit better than my Mayhem 130, but that's what it's made for. The Mayhem is, I mean, it descends well. All modern bikes descend well, really. But if you think the pivot was poppy, um, you'll you're going to like I don't know, hit your head on a tree or something when you ride a Mayhem. I'll jump in. The reason you like the Rowls, it has really short chain stays. 
And based on where you live, I think you're going to hate the Stumpy Evo. It has long chain stays. It's a very planted bike. So when you let her eat in the downhill chunk, that bike just is like, let's go to the buffet and get seconds. You know, that bike wants to eat, but it's not poppy. It's not, it doesn't have that same plushness that you're going to see with a multi-link bike, like the DW link or the Orion link on the rail. Uh, but the short chain stays on the route make it really fun. I rode one of those recently, and the bike was a really fun bike to ride for poppy, slower speed. And I say slower speed in terms of relative, you know, at full mock biscuits going down the trail, the Stumpy Evo is going to just be way more just like stuck to the trail and not get bucked around in the chunk. But you don't go mock biscuits in no, you don't. Minnesota. You don't. So um, the fact that you don't like a transition, no offense, but duh. I don't that that's not the bike for the Midwest that bike's going to be more like the Stumpy Evo it wants to eat um I think a tall boy is the dumbest bike made (laughs) I mean if you I just I just don't like it I don't like the tall boy and I don't like the Ripley if they're but for what you're saying if it's going to weigh that much why doesn't it have more fucking squish buy a bigger bike or buy a lighter bike um yeah and check the reach number on your current bike if you can find it maybe I can I don't know I could click clack. I mean, if it's a, it it didn't say what size, but if it's a spearfish, it's like 430 for a large. (laughs) Like if it's the old spearfish, I don't know if it's the new one or the old one, but if it's the old spearfish, it's like tiny. So you're not going to like anything from Santa Cruz for that reason as well. So what's the, what's the mid travel mullet Santa Cruz? So it's not the tall boy, obviously. It's going to be 5010. Okay. So the 5010 is now mullet. Yep. So it sounds like the 5010 might be a reasonable option. It's oh, gonna, yeah. it's might, gonna pedal he might good. Like the mullet bike. It's a multi-link. It's gonna have shorter chain stays because it's mullet. Yeah, like get that bike. Yeah, that that would yeah, be but a good option. The, the reach is still gonna be long. Yeah, yeah it's a modern. I mean, maybe he could get it's a modern size. geo for sure. It sounds like he wants a bike from eight years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was gonna say the spots. Yeah, get a get uh, a tw- reach. get a 27.5 front and rear 5010 from eight years ago. <laughs> The spots, the reach, are, the reach is pretty long on those. I mean, I still ride a medium, but it's definitely the longest reach bike that I've owned. By the way. And I've got, you know, you know, I just put a shorter stem on it, you know, like just put a little stubby stem on there and um, welcome to the year 2023 where bikes have long reaches and short stems. Yeah. So I guess how tall is this person? He doesn't say. Does I could try to find him on Instagram. What no. size bikes he has in the past that he liked or what nope. reach he liked? Nope. So we have uh-uh. no idea how big this person is or what size bike they're at. It doesn't even matter. Like just get just put a thirty five mil stem on whatever you buy. It's not a problem. Like don't overthink it. Yeah, I yeah. think Industry Nine makes a thirty two. People maybe? they make zero ones now too. Just do the zero one where it sits right on the top. Those things are dope. Do the reverse offset one. Sure. There I don't go. care. It's Be- great. Be a man. Get laughed at in the trailhead parking lot. <laughs> no, I mean, just uh, I, I'm going to guess that we're going to go towards zero bars in the future or uh, some other type of stem mounting system, and we're going to run 150 cranks. So we can we can discuss this again in 10 years, but I will be right. <laughs> my biggest complaint with that, Kenny, is I won't be able to adjust the roll of my bar. Uh, well... Why? Why not? Maybe it'll have some shims. It'll in still it have a. You, it'll uh, still have a clampy boy. Like you can still. There's no way it's gonna have a clamp and be anywhere near low enough for my fucking spider monkey arms. 
Yeah, we can probably. Well, you're just going to be riding bikes from 2023 and 20. Yeah, I'll just never 40, sell my bikes. No, Problem yeah. solved. No, it'll be totally fine. You can just get a zero rise bar or a negative. You can get a negative rise bar that still has back sweep. And just put that bar on upside down. Yeah, it'll just it'll be dra- it'll be draped over like a wet noodle. It'll be draped over your steer tube. It'll be fine. All right. So my last thing to say is, if if I can add one more thing here, you don't love any bike that was released in the last year or two. Every bike that you said you liked is a bike that's older. Yeah, the Switchblade is definitely... Well, when did they... They updated that in the last year or two, didn't they? Yeah, but Pivot's never been, like, industry-leading and super slack Yeah, that's true. So, anytime there's a new Pivot, that was, like, a new everyone else's bike two or three years ago. So, I I can see that. The Rowl, what about the Rowl? Rowl was released in 2019, and the reach numbers were not impressive even for the time. All right. There I we think go. The Maybe you just need to go with a like try a size smaller in whatever you're doing. But I mean, I think you'd probably adjust to the longer reach as long as you're you know not slapping your 120 stem off of your salsa on there. All right. What's next? One more takeaway from that is on modern bikes, for the most part, you can just size up or down on a bike, and it doesn't matter anymore. So just you can kind of do it that way. Don't overthink that either. Don't be like, oh, I only ride larges. I could never ride a medium. Who cares? Like, just get the medium. It'll be fine. Yeah, and if you're if you're kind of between sizes, between, I don't know, medium, large, large, extra large, just go with the smaller bike as long as you, you might have to, you know, work with the stack height and a riser bar or something like that to get the bars high enough for where you want them, but that's not that big of a deal. All right, so Brad writes in and says, Hi, guys. A couple weeks ago, I wrote in about braking spokes on both mountain bike and gravel bike wheels, and unfortunately, I didn't take your advice. I've only dealt with the gravel wheel so far. I bought a Hunt 35 Carbon Gravel X Wide wheel set. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And was, no, just the name, just the length of it. Like gravel X Wide. I was more worried about the Hunt part of it, but go on. Um, And I was pretty happy with them until I watched this video, Link. Where the guy shows a hunt wheel set with nipples cracking all around the wheel. Oh. Now, even though I like the, I'm very tempted to return them and test their 60-day return policy. What do you think I should do, or what would you do? Uh, so, then there's a follow-up question. But let's answer this first. I'm going to say real quick, you don't trust the wheels. You're never going to be happy with the wheels. Return them. Yeah. I mean, you could, theoretically, if you're really worried about nipples cracking, you could have the... No, no, the rim cracking. All around the nipples. Oh, oh. I, I thought it like, was like Stan's crest. That's oh, what I read. That's, no, with okay. nipples cracking all around the wheel. Oh, I read that as as like what would be an eyelet cracking. I know no, there's this no is nipples. I mean, theoretically, you could take those to a competent wheel builder and have them relaced with brass nipples and have the wheel builder check, you know, retension them, make sure everything's good, make sure the build is solid tension wise and you probably wouldn't have a problem or even someone with a really fair price like a really fair shop parts and labor that's going to be 150 dollars like those the cheapest that it's ever going to be if it was 200 dollars, that's also like kind of within the realm of normal so doing that just to baseline your brand new wheel set like you could but you better be in love with that wheel set to do that i would just return those things yeah you could return them and then just buy whatever i mean i'm sure roval makes like a terra c Right? It's like 1300 bucks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. If you don't buy those wheels, that's silly. So now, Kenny, 
had some questions. All my spokes were breaking, not the nipples, unlike the hunts in the video above. One of my wheel sets has the letter S on the spoke head, so I assume Supim spokes. Confirming Kenny's suspicions, the other wheel set, I really can't tell what they are. Thanks, Brad. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with Matt I, and Kenny. I wouldn't spend that much money on a wheel set that you're already kind of suspicious of. And if they have a return policy they're willing to honor, just take them up on it. Go back to that other sh- the other episode and do whatever it is we told you to do. Yep. Great advice, Andrea. <laughs> Jump in your time machine called Scrolling Back Through Your Podcast Player, which I haven't plugged this in a while. If you use an iPhone, you should use the Overcast Podcast Player. It's the best one on the market. The native one in iPhone is just an abysmal dumpster fire that is uh, like essentially an affront to Steve Jobs. So, yeah, just throw that thing away and then use Overcast. I've Moving never on. I've never listened to a podcast. How does it how does it work? Have you ever have you really not, Kenny? <laughs> Maybe one. Yeah, I I don't Matt listens to tons of podcasts. I go through fits and spurts. It really depends on how my brain feels. Um if I want to listen to other people talk or not. <laughs> no, see, see you listen to podcasts, so you're always listening to someone else and the bad thoughts can't creep in. Yeah, so I listen to mostly I listen to instrumental music so that I can be with my thoughts and the music. Oh, and then one more podcast tip that I can throw out. And I don't have my phone handy, so <laughs> my hip skin is so sore right now. I just now. looked up, I didn't know this happened because I've been looking at my computer screen. I look over and Matt is just standing next to me in his underwear. You didn't realize I took my shirt off I like 10 minutes ago. That you took your shirt it's off. It's so hot. And the skin where my hip hit the ground is like really irritated and like itchy feeling. And I just didn't want my shirt touching it <laughs> or my underwear. So I got and him Matt's like. Matt's also standing up now also. like he's, My back is just like, I said I'm getting better, but that doesn't mean I'm fucking tits yet. So um, <laughs> last tip about podcasts, and I don't have my phone handy, which I was trying to get to. Uh, so I can't give you like a recommendation on which one. But something really cool you can do is there will be a lot of if you like techno, you can da- there will be podcasts that are essentially like techno live sets that are saved so you can listen to them later. But what's really cool is they're free and you can download them before you go to ride, so you don't have to like use up data. Or if you're like me and you live somewhere where you go in and out of phone service when you go for a ride or drive the car or whatever, you can have techno music that's like free. And downloaded for free, because sure, you can listen to Pandora for free, but you have to pay if you want to get it offline. And I'm cheap. Actually, I'm not cheap. I just like spending my money on, like, carbon wheels and fucking shoes. So, um, all right. So, Don Vito says, hello, I'm going to change my next R cranks for some metal ones. Currently running 175 length on a 2022 stump jumper. As far as I can remember, I've been running 175, but seems like everyone is switching to shorter lengths these days. So coming to, from 175, which length should I consider and your best picks on light aluminum or titanium cranks? I do like your podcast a lot and listen to every episode you put out. Keep doing it. Uh, Don, you've done a great uh, error here, and you didn't tell us how tall you are. <laughs> I just had to look that up to make sure that I that I was thinking of the right person. Don Don Vito was in the, the whole like Bam Margera era. He was a, a very large men with a lazy eye and he was in some of their videos doing usually really gross and offensive things got it um so don didn't tell us how tall he is 
So just go with Kenny's advice. Cool thing is it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. It doesn't matter how tall you are. 170s are the longest you should run on a mountain bike these days (laughs) and maybe shorter. But to not be super funny, 170 on a stump jumper is like very normal. Like 170 on any trail bike is going to be about as long as you're going to find from the factory these days. So I think 170 is probably a reasonable place to start. And as far as what you should get, if you have a bike with Shimano on it, maybe a Shimano like an XTR crank would be nice. Uh, if you have a bike with with SRAM on it, I mean, there's the X01 transmission crank, which... All you need to do is swap the chain ring to run it with your current stuff. Yeah, I mean, but it's not the lightest. So if you're looking to like spend, to, like drop some money on something super light and sexy, there's the Cane Creek E Wings. Yeah, there's... but that bolt breaks on them. Yeah, but Cane Creek has good customer service. Isn't the XO I'll send you a new one. the XO aluminum with a hole in it? That thing is that's sexy. It it's cool, but isn't it heavier than the old GX? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty it's, it sure. Is, it is. I mean, it's a little. It's a little on then the heavy side. Then buy an old GX crank. Exactly. That crank slaps. That's it's what fine. I'm saying. Doesn't that old GX crank, that hollow one, was baller. They were, what, $150 retail, $180 retail, if that, and they were pretty damn light, within 100 grams of most carbon cranks, and they cost pennies, yeah. and they have the There's best bottom too. bracket system. Yeah. the If you can get a dub crank, that's really the, the way to go, because those, those bottom brackets are good. And last thing, I would not buy a 5-dev crank. All right. I just does Praxis make a light aluminum one? I wouldn't buy a Praxis crank either. <laughs> if you ever need a bottom do. bracket, you're just fucked. Yeah, you you have to have your own spare bottom bracket. It's like riding and formula the, brakes. I think the tool to take it in and out. Of was, course. Yeah. The yeah. So they're kind of a the, that would be a pain in the ass. But I'd say if you just want to like drop a whole bunch of money and have something sexy, get the Cane Creek E Wings. If you want to not drop a whole lot of money and you don't care. Uh, you know, about the sexiness factor, then, yeah, go with that uh, old GX crank. Are E-wings actually light? I think so, yeah. I think they're pretty light. I think they weigh roughly what a carbon crank weighs. Oh, not the E-silk. That's the fucking boingy post. All right, look up an X01 aluminum crank. I'm getting there. I got to open this one first. You might need to put in transmission. Yeah. And it won't be on their website. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, I guess that thing is heavy. It's 685 grams compared to a 400-gram E-Wings. But, you know, instead of E-Wings, you could buy you could buy an X01 crank, and with your extra $800, you could spend time with your family so they remember you. <laughs> and if you don't have I a mean, family, eight, if you don't have $800, a family... $800, you could literally spend an entire extra weekend doing something cool next year just by riding heavier cranks. If you don't have a family, you could spend that extra money on 1,000 chicken nuggets and a hooker. <laughs> you could share the chicken At nuggets the same with time? the hooker. Exactly. <laughs> Kenny, we don't need to continue this conversation. <laughs> I um, think we've given good advice. I don't I've... I need to go up more. Matt from NE, oh, Northeast Connecticut. Uh, Hi, gang. Your recent episodes where you were talking I-9 wheels reminded me of a question that I've been wanting to ask. I'm a larger rider, so finding rear hubs that hold up has been a journey. Previously been an I-9 guy for a long time, I started cracking rear drive rings on them. My mechanic has steered me away from the Hydra variety, citing that despite the engagements, the hubs are only engaging one paw at a time. Correct. 
the thought of that for me, the thought for me is that this is a lot to ask of a Paul. This is a common thing for Paul hubs and it is a reason to avoid a hub. I appreciate you all. Thanks for the show, Matt. Okay. Um, I pulled up Industry 9's frequently asked questions because I was curious about this. And what they claim is that uh, with their system that when one Paul begins to engage, and this is, there's like a whole paragraph about this. I'm starting in the middle just because I don't want to read the whole fucking thing. As one Paul engages, it is always backed up by additional Pauls that are are phased slightly behind it, so that as torque is applied, even the smallest amount of flex allows a second, third, or even a fourth tooth to start taking the load. This leaves you with the best pop possible combination, essentially an instant engagement hub that guarantees torque distribution over multiple points without the soft feel or the wind-up associated with clutch-style hubs. So that's their, what they say is that uh, there is some flex, the inherent flex in the hub. Yes, it is one tooth that begins to engage, but more teeth begin to engage as you pedal harder through the hub. Kenny, have you seen any broken, I've never seen a broken drive ring in an i9 hub, but I mean, apparently this guy has broken them, but um, have you seen broken drive rings in anything in particular? Uh, yes, but they're hubs that you wouldn't want to buy. So I've seen a lot of broken stands, both axles and drive rings and basically every other part of the hub. So that stands. And then what else have I seen broken? I've maybe seen one broken drive ring in an I-9. I don't remember if it was a torch or a Hydra. I've seen probably four or five broken hub shells on i9s where people just break spokes clean out of them what else have i seen but i would say actual like hard part failure on i9s is pretty rare as far as axles and hub flanges and drive rings and all that kind of stuff bearings are another story they're terrible and they wear out in the first month you own them so just throw those abec fives in the garbage gets you some nice cheap abec threes they're gonna be way better what else i think that's it so i wouldn't say that i see any major issue or like design fault or anything with the Hydra hub. So that's unusual. Yeah. And oh, what's the other one? I think, is it, why am I forgetting the name of it? Not Sun Ringlay. There's some other semi-bougie brand of wheel. And I've seen a bunch of broken drive rings on those things recently. Possibly. Onyx? No. I don't think they have a drive ring. Uh, Reynolds. So I think it's been a few Reynolds that I've seen because they use their own branded hub that's probably made by formula or somebody it's else. a formula hub and then there's some other bougie brand as well maybe boyd or something like that i don't know but i've seen a bunch of other people's broken drive rings so in general even Kenny, specialized you just named two brands and called them bougie and they are both straight hot trash <laughs> well people reynolds think isn't hot trash people think they're bougie a reynolds wheel with a formula hub oh well yeah that is but a reynolds like a nice reynolds wheel is nice I mean, what what are what bougie hubs are out there? I guess you could call an Onyx bougie or three fifty. Three fifty is bougie. <laughs> no, I mean three fifty is like the blue collar in like his shined up boots, like that don't go to work. Like that's the three fifty hub. Yeah, DT three fifty <laughs> is like a two generation old F one fifty. It just fucks. Yeah, I mean, if you're not in, if you're not concerned about having a high engagement hub yeah like a dt350 is gonna be pretty fucking solid as long as you don't put a higher engagement uh star ratchet 
in it, you know, that's going to be probably your best bomb proof bet. Uh, I don't like low engagement hubs, so I wouldn't do that, but that's my personal preference. You know, that, that doesn't, you know, DT hubs are wonderful. I just really like lots of engagement. All right. What's next? That is all of our listener questions that I have in Patreon and email. Can we can we build a soundbite that we play before we pay the wolf tooth tax? Like a cash register, like chinging open? <laughs> um, can we just go through their stuff quickly? Because it's, yeah. it's all right. Wolf tooth made some new stuff. They made some big cages. Morris cargo cage. So it's like the, the what who, what's salsa called theirs? I don't know. It's the thing that mounts to your fork leg. And the you shape can, of it is exactly, it matches on the sides. It matches exactly to your lithic fork. Um, it also has the down the middle Morse holes. So you can change the height and whatnot of where the cage sits on your fork leg. If you are, you know, have warts on your fork. So that's cool. So there's that. Uh, what's next in the wolf tooth? They uh, made olive a color. Permanent color. No longer special edition. You can make your bike olive all the time. So if you need to get wide and stay supple and have your anodized parts match your camp and go slow bar tape, they got you covered. <laughs> Trek made a fucking awesome kid's bike. How much does it cost? I didn't even look. I'm sure it's kind of expensive, but it's a mountain bike that is... It looks like an aluminum frame, but it's got a carbon fork and maybe a carbon seat post. Carbon seat post with a one-piece setup. Yeah. There's no saddle clamp, so... It's got a one-by-drivetrain, hydraulic disc brakes. Uh, 24-inch wheels comes in a t- smaller 20-inch version also. I'm guessing they had to do something with the brakes for the smaller one. Didn't, what's the the rule for safety no, standards? No, it's a 16-inch Okay. 16-inch bikes. Or no, it has something to do with the minimum seat height. If your minimum seat height is X, then you have to have a coaster brake. But who cares? That that doesn't fall into this stuff. Um, so it can hold a 2.2-inch tire now. On the 20-inch. 2.4 is on the 24. Sorry, we're reading, so let it out some dead air. I just want to know how much it costs. It has a 67-degree head tube angle. Lutter buck. <laughs> yeah, it's... Seven hundred dollar twenty four pounds for a twenty four inch, like that's really good. Yeah, that's great for a kid's bike. And twenty inch won't come to the U.S. until next year. All right. Um. Now, are we gonna make fun of stuff next? Let's get Kenny pissed off first. All right. Crank Brothers releases the F series multi tool with compact tire plug kit included. So, Kenny, <laughs> another multi tool. You said if there was another multi tool, you were gonna lose it. So. <laughs> Are you a liar, or are you going to live up to your word? At least it's from a brand that is known for multi-tools. So it actually makes me less mad. It's these people, like Kickstarter people, saying, like, I'm going to revolutionize your face by making a new multi-tool. It's a fucking multi-tool, guys. Like, fuck. Go to the store and pick the one that has all the little dingles on it that you want and put it in your damn bag and shut up about it. (laughs) And every once in a while, take it out. Make sure that it's not trying to rust. Spray it with a little tri-flow, wipe it off, put it back in there. Yeah, and this looks a lot like their, it's pretty much their old multi-tool kind of, I don't know, streamlined and put into a little aluminum case that also holds your tire plugs and a chain tool. You know how they're not core? If they were core, there'd be a place to put your weed, man. 
I mean, you might be able to fit some weed in there if you took the tire plugs out. So I, I don't know. I think it's, oh yeah, and it holds a chain link also. So I think it's pretty cool. I mean, that's all stuff that bounces around inside my pack that's strapped to my bag. So to have that all in one thing instead of, I don't know, a container that has my plugs, the the chain of the chain links just kind of like loose or twist tied to something. Uh, you know, I, I'm up for the streamlined version of the old one that I already like. I, I think it's acceptable. It doesn't like Kenny, you know, make it mad make me mad or anything. All right. What's next? Now that Kenny's fired up, what are we gonna talk about? Let's talk about this albatross. This bike looks like it's from nineteen or no like yeah, about nineteen ninety nine. I'd go back just a tiny bit. I'd call it more like a solid 94. Okay. It's the Albatross, I don't know, Apogees? Apogee. Apogees Wild. Or no, it's an Apogees. Wild is an adjective. Uh, Single pivot floating shock mountain bike. This thing has 96 pivots, four different frame materials, and a (laughs) coil. (laughs) You know how you know your bike is really good? Because all the gussets between the head tube and the down tube the and the top tube or like the top tube and the seat tube, they look like you stole them out of an erector set. <laughs> That's how you know you have a quality bike. So there's a front triangle, a rear triangle, and an Apogee module. So the front triangle is literally bolted to the entire shock assembly. So I guess when all the bearings in that go bad, you can just throw it away and get a whole new assembly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. It looks like it would probably get noisy in those spots. No way. Look how single speeds because of the sliding dropout. Any type of dropout that you bolt to the back of a bike that can make it single speed, they they make noise. Oh, my Esker was my Jaffe was so noisy. I just loosened all the bolt. I nothing was wrong. Everything was fine. It was just noisy. And I loosened all the bolts and tightened all the bolts back up, and it wasn't noisy again. And I'm like, yeah. cool, that fixed it. Yeah, the more but, spots you have where metal touches metal and has to be bolted on there, just the more chances you have of making some kind of noise. What's the uh what's the how much boing does it does it doing? We're getting there. Intended use is light enduro, hundred and forty four millimeters of rear travel with one sixty up front with two point five tire clearance. Frame weight is four point two kilos, which would be eight point eight and another so it's a nine pound frame. Without shock. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Oh, boy. That's a heavy bike. That's insane. I don't know. If I'm going to have a bike that weighs that much, I want it to be... A single crown downhill bike? Yeah, single crown what's downhill the, uh What's the... Uh, what's the... Uh, how many doll hairs? Let's find that. Oh, my God. There's a picture of all the pieces. Holy shit. Oh, no prices yet. Price and final specs to be announced. Got it. All right. If you gotta ask, you can't afford. I don't know. It. If I was at the bike park and there was a demo truck there, I'd take it for a run. I mean, I I like it's weird new shit, and I would try it out for you know if there was no if I didn't have to invest anything into trying it out. I didn't have to travel anywhere. I didn't have to like find the demo truck. I didn't have to pay anything. I would you know hand him my driver's license and take it for a rip and just see how it is. Like maybe. Even though we're shitting on it, maybe it's the best new thing in the world. Who knows? Maybe. I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. P.O. Box 82, Howard, Colorado. 500 reach. That's what I need. <laughs> Do we want to talk about this? 
It's it's a good thing to wrap up on. All right. Leap Components has 3D printed uh, AXF shifter, blip button, and derailleur bushing kits that change things up. So you can take your paddle. This is for if you have the, the paddle style axis controller, not the new um, button style that came I out. I think that would be the pod. Pod that came out with transmission. So, yeah, it's it's just new. It's It's a new way to click your controller. It's just different. Maybe you'd like it if you don't like your current paddle and you don't want to go to the pod. Who knows? Uh, I guarantee that if everyone shifted the controller I use the way I shift it, they would love it. But no one, everyone, when I tell them how I shift it, everyone thinks I'm crazy. So, you know, what can you do? Then there's new blips. They're kind of... They're wireless blips holders. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, sure, that's neat. Put them on your aero bars. They've got a DI or a AXS battery holder that goes under your seat. Oh, and store your extra battery under your seat. The that's kind of cool. Biggest thing is somebody's like this article says it doesn't work with a reverb. It definitely does. You would just run your reverb post backwards with the battery in the front, which is totally fine, and then you'd run your spare battery in the rear. It it would work. <laughs> what like really short people run their post backwards so their tire doesn't rip their battery off. Oh, okay. So it's it's totally allowed to do that. And then I hate that thing. What is that? It is a Garmin cover that you that that makes your Garmin bigger and the only advantage is you can take your Garmin out of the Garmin cover and there's chain links underneath it. <laughs> and of all the things I've ever <laughs> wanted to yeet into the sun, this is high on that list. <laughs> like there's a hundred ways I can think to do this better. Before I would, I would have just thought elect- to do that. I've electrical taped chain links to my bike, like for racing. Yeah, and people just- have duct taped the bumper back on their Nissan Maxima. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that this is, like you said, there's a million other ways that you can hold a chain link that's not with a Garmin cover. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's kind of everything. Do we want to talk about anything else? Nope. All right. Short show tonight because I got to edit this be- before I run off to the woods. Speed run. Unless Kenny has something. Nope. All right, everyone. Um, talk to you. Well, I'll probably be here next week, but. Don't believe her. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll see you at the end of September. Uh, keep listening because there will be some boys' nights ahead. Thank you all for listening and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along show. There's some shit coming out of your pants.